0: Okay, we are at uh, Unit 6 uh, in our study, and this uh, study is focusing on us encouraging one another. How important is that? Uh, we are on page, what page are you on? Page 53. Okay, so anybody ever had a tremendous boost by being encouraged by someone?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Happens all the time, eh? Okay, um, let me begin with setting here. Following the stoning of Stephen, the believers in Jerusalem face increased persecution. Remember Stephen?
1: Yes.
0: yes. Uh, normally when uh, something happens and there's boldness in it happening, it tends to intensify. And so when the unbelievers saw that they could get away with Stephen, sto- Stephen stoning Stephen, they ramped up their efforts and they started attacking other believers and and, uh, and the persecution increased. Many scattered to various parts of the world, so they were running for their lives, because they were targets now. There was a big bullseye on the back of every Christian after Stephen was stoned. And so they started to, to scatter out to, to various parts of the world. Some ended ended up in Antioch. And Antioch was the administrative center for the Roman province of Syria, for three hundred miles north of Jerusalem. Antioch was a busy port city, a center for luxury and culture, and a home to a wide assortment of people. There are people of every ethnicity, background, uh, migrating uh, to Syria. Its cosmopolitan population presented the scattered church, an exciting opportunity to spread the gospel. So see how good things can come out of persecution? If they weren't persecuted, they wouldn't have ended up in this place where they had tremendous opportunities to spread the gospel, okay? And it happens all the time. It happens even in our day and time. So be mindful of that. When persecution comes and you're forced to move or relocate or do whatever, look at it as an opportunity to get into a new area, present the gospel to new people. have you seen, question number one, have you seen something go viral? When have you seen something go viral?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As soon as something happens, mm-hmm. all over social yeah. media, right? Mm-hmm. Saw that police officer in his uniform, mm-hmm. buying for uh, two Heineken and two mm-hmm. Bud Light and a beanie. What is a beanie? Anybody know what a beanie is? Kind of, you know, it's,
3: a cigarette. A cigarette.
0: it's a some, it's some kind some of cigarette? cigarette?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, it was all over
2: social media. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right, and all kinds of things go viral. Uh, We see it all the time, don't we? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay, let's look at Bible Meets Life, page 54. Come on, read that until recently. Not many people were
4: familiar with
0: the amyotrophic lateral sclerosis,
4: lateral sclerosis, ALS also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, an incurable progressive muscle weakening disease that ultimately ends in the death. Then the ice bucket challenge emerged in the summer of 2014. People were challenged to pour a bucket of ice and water on their heads to raise awareness of ALS and encourage donations for research. Whoever did this challenge would then challenge others. Thanks to videos being posted on social media, the idea went viral. People all over the country and around the world jumped on the bandwagon and took the challenge. By the end of 2014, few did not know about this fatal disease. More importantly, over 100 million was raised and allowing allowing research efforts to be tripled. The early Christians didn't need an ice bucket challenge to motivate them to shape Christ. They had the message of life and they were eager to spread the good news. In the book of Acts, we meet a man named Barnabas, who took the challenge to follow Christ and then spent his life encouraging others to do the same.
0: Okay, so we see how the ice bucket challenge came about, right? But back to the question, what other things go viral? What are some of the other things that go viral? Bad news. Bad news, yeah. <laughs> but what else? Fashion too, right? Ever saw those people with those jeans all cut up and big holes in them? Mm-hmm. That's a why would you buy a jeans with all those big holes in it?
1: <laughs> and they cost so much. Right. Okay? <laughs> so
0: a lot of things go viral, don't they? It's not just stuff on social media, fashions go viral, yes. okay, things people uh, uh, do and say go viral, diseases go viral, right, all sorts of things go viral and they explode in, our, in, in, in popularity. Exploding in popularity is basically what it means, goes viral, everybody wants it, everybody doing it. Okay, what is the point? of our lesson today?
3: Encourage people People in their relationships relationships with Christ and one another.
0: So how do we encourage people in their relationship with Christ and one another? Right? Two areas we encourage people. Okay, let's look at the first passage we have, Uh, Acts chapter 11 verses 19 to 21.
3: Now those who are being scattered as a result of the persecution, that scattered because of Stephen, they of it as far as Pansyria, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks, also proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with him, and a large number of
0: turned to the Lord. Okay, now notice the first paragraph there. Two characteristics stood out about the church in its earliest days. It was a movement among Jews, and it was largely confined to Jerusalem. All of that changed when Stephen was killed. Let's have someone read that passage in Acts chapter seven, fifty-eight to chapter eight, verse one. <coughs> Acts chapter seven, verse fifty-eight, uh, straight through to chapter eight, verse one.
5: <coughs> yeah,
0: seven fifty-eight.
5: And they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles.
0: Okay, Stephen was the first martyr in the church, the very first, and his death sparked a wave of persecution against Christians in Jerusalem. As a result, believers scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Thankfully, on the verse, Acts chapter 8 verse 4, those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. They didn't just scatter running like cowards. They scattered and they preached the word as they went. Someone read the rest of that, please.
3: Our passage. our pastor mentioned that believers scattered to three places in particular, Pensilia, Cyprus, Sar- and Antioch. They share the gospel in these places, but they share it with no one except Jews. Why? Because many of the early churches, Christians, viewed their faith in Christ as a natural extension of their Jewish heritage. In other words, sharing the gospel with Jewish people was in their comfort zone. That approach changed in Antioch, where some believers began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The good news pushed them out of their comfort zone (coughs) and spurred them to talk with people who weren't like themselves. This shows us that different Difficulties and persecutions are not barriers to sharing the gospel that are doubt. These early Christians faced persecution, but they allowed that persecution to push them into new areas of evangelism. Wherever they went, they <clears throat> encouraged people to follow Christ.
2: Okay,
0: so we see what persecution does, right? Mm-hmm. Question number two. Why do we sometimes shy away from groups of people when sharing the gospel? Why do we sometimes shy away from certain groups of people when sharing the gospel?
4: They might gang up on
3: you. They
0: might gang up on (laughs) you. Same thing. I don't yeah. Yeah, I they may gang to up on you.
4: I mean, maybe verbally, not
1: physically, but okay. All
0: right, they may talk you verbally.
1: All
0: right, that happens. Especially if you go into a group of people. Yeah, and
3: all of them. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: They
3: will not get idea of the same like See, <laughs> see if we need <laughs> <don't> <laughs> to get out here. And they are different. They are from You are brownie. They are brownie.
6: Well there are, there's a lot of um, terrorism going on with um, Muslims who are very about extreme. Mm-hmm. So you might think twice about sharing the gospel with a Muslim
1: mm-hmm. yes.
0: And also there's the JWs, right?
3: <laughs>
0: They're all over the place. <laughs> two of them good two, two came to my door yesterday just as I was about to leave to go out. Two came to the door. I said, uh, um, they, they introduced themselves, I'm sorry I'm leaving, because they're always in my neighborhood, you know? <laughs> and then as, as I, I went up to the car and I was cleaning the windshield on the car and two others came down the street and they stopped and they want to talk, you know? So uh, they're all over the place, but, you know, they are they are sharing their faith. They're sharing what they believe. Yeah. Okay.
6: they are in your neighborhood because some, at least someone in your neighborhood likes them coming,
3: and they'll, still they'll keep back. coming. Every yeah. week
6: they'll come back do Bible studies.
3: But I don't know of anybody in my neighborhood
0: <laughs> who does anything with them. And it's a different group that comes all the time. Well, maybe some Jehovah's Witnesses live there in your mm-hmm. area maybe. Mm-hmm. You. Well, there was, there, there used, no, that was seven-day matters. Oh, no, no I, I don't think there's any Jehovah's Witnesses in my area. I know just about all the voices oh. in my area. and I, I don't think any of them are Jehovah's Witnesses. Well,
6: that's probably why
3: they're there.
1: <laughs> 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 yes,
3: I, I, I like, yeah. <laughs> <too much>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh? Well, if you have the time, you know you could debate with them, but they're not going to change their their beliefs. You know they they, they want to bend you over. You know they are expecting you to win over. One time I went to to um Abaco. I was in Green Turtle Key, and they were there. I was in the mission house. And they came knocking on the door. <laughs> I said, wow, I didn't know these people were all over the place like
2: this. But
0: they're everywhere.
2: When we went to Cat Island, there was like one or two Jehovah's Witness churches wow. too, and I was like, wow, I remember. Yeah, they're yeah, all over. I was <laughs> trying to getting ready to come to church, and these people were knocking on me. So jump to church. I said, alright, I'll spend this time with you there. Since you know the Jesus, let's pray to him. the last day I will come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't they want to pray? They don't, nice. no, they don't they don't.
0: They believe Jesus was created. So, so they, they believe that God created like, Jesus like, after like, creation. Like, yeah, so right. so oh. they don't believe Jesus is the Father of the Trinity.
3: Yeah. Oh. Okay?
0: So you mention Jesus and you can get rid of him real quick.
4: It'll never come back, yeah.
0: Okay? They also don't believe that Jesus died on the cross. They don't believe in the cross. They said Jesus died on a stake.
4: Well, I mean, you it's know, not so the whole basis of everything, though.
0: Yeah, they, they have, a, they have a, a beliefs that are totally, you yeah, know, contrary. But I mean,
4: if you don't believe that Jesus died, then...
0: Uh-huh. Oh, they believe he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do believe he died, but they didn't believe they that he's don't the don't son of God. Say day, um, say they,
3: don't of they
0: believe he died to redeem uh, people from sin, but they just don't believe he's, he's, he's a uh, member of the Trinity. Oh. And they believe he's created. He is not the eternal God. So who do they pray
4: to?
0: they pray to God
4: but not they don't have any pictures
1: what about
0: the The Seventh-day Adventists I don't know much about what they believe other than they observe the Sabbath and they are okay let's look at the next verse as we continue with Acts chapter chapter 11 verse 22-24 we will see how the church at Jerusalem responded to the new Gentiles responding to the gospel so let's look at those passages That passage, uh, verses 22
5: to 24. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and large numbers of people were added to the Lord.
0: Okay, let's look at the paragraphs there. Yeah, go ahead, continue.
5: People need leadership. Teams need coaches, businesses need CEOs, and churches need pastors. The early church had the leadership it needed in Jerusalem, and those good leaders sought to encourage other churches and ensure they were teaching and growing as they should. That's why they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas was an ideal choice for several reasons. He was from Cyprus, see 436.
0: Let's look at that verse. that's one verse. I'm going to try and read Acts 4, verse 36. Does it? Now, Joseph was
2: he was also called Barnabas by the Apostles, which translated him Son, Son of
0: Encouragement. Okay, Son of Encouragement. Go ahead, read on.
5: As for some of the believers who initiated the movement of God in Antioch, this also meant Barnabas was a Hellenist, a Jew whose language and culture was more Greek than Hebrew. These things positioned him well to assess what God was doing among the Gentiles. Once in Antioch, Barnabas did three key things. One, he saw the grace of God at work. Why did Barnabas see God's grace? He was looking for it. God is working even now. We simply need the eyes to see. Two, he rejoiced. When we focus on seeing God at work, we're drawn to praise Him. Barnabas's spiritual eyes and joyful heart naturally led him to do the third thing. Three, he encouraged. Barnabas was a consistent source of encouragement to others. His true name was Joseph, but he had such a habit of encouraging others he was renamed Barnabas, which meant "son of encouragement." Four thirty-six.
0: Okay, we saw that already. Look over to uh, page
5: 58. Juan's action grew out his character. The text says he was a good man, someone who consistently treated others with love and dignity. He was also full of the Holy Spirit and faith. When Luke wrote the book of Acts, he used a similar description for Stephen. See 6 verse 5.
0: Look on that verse and read it. Acts chapter 6 verse 5.
5: And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch.
0: Okay, so we see the same description of Stephen that we see of Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Okay, go ahead, read on.
5: This is a fitting description of a person who totally trusts God and lives surrendered to the power and work of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, we all have a Barnabas in our lives, someone who encourages us to grow closer to Christ. At the very least, we can encourage our, we can ensure our friends and family members have a Barnabas in their lives if we determine to be people of encouragement ourselves.
1: Okay.
0: All right, we have uh, the first two paragraphs there. Notice what it says about uh, Barnabas. It speaks specifically about Barnabas' character, the kind of person that he was. Uh, In the first two paragraphs, uh, we see that telling us who he is, what kind of person he is. And the question is... uh, do we have a desire to be like Barnabas? <laughs> a person full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. That's a good challenge right there for us. Question number three. Why is encouraging others a necessary part of following Jesus? Very yes. That's
1: not right. made the, who has made
3: us yeah. Question the, number three? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
5: Let's
2: read
0: to first. I'm not specialized. <laughs> what is the question? What question do you have in your book?
5: Who has made a spiritual investment in your life?
0: Oh, yes, yes, okay. Who has made a spiritual investment in your hey, Yeah, I saw the question earlier. You know. um, who has made a spiritual investment in your life? Anybody? I can think of many persons in my life mm-hmm. who has done that, but who has made a spiritual investment in your life that really made a difference as far as you're concerned? Mother. That sort of brought you to the place that you are now.
3: Mother now,
0: I know you was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, mother I can tell you
3: that.
0: Okay. Anybody else?
3: Dorothy Nunes. My mom Who is that? Dorothy
2: Nunes. Dorothy, okay. <laughs> <coughs>
0: Anyone else? Karen Evans. Karen Evans?
1: Yes. My, mean,
0: sister, and my sister's name is Karen Evans.
6: I don't
3: know.
0: I don't
1: know. I don't know. I She's the
4: believer I I don't know. I don't I I to be with me so that we can, you know, sh- we just feed off of each other mm-hmm. with different things. And she's been with me, like, for oh, 15 years now. Okay. And um, she is good because we feed off of each other, you know, with different mm-hmm. things. We encourage each other. So the devil is a lie and all that. Because sometimes a hundred things the Lord did for you, but this one thing isn't going right and you're like, oh, Lord, you let me down kind of thing. And she encourages me, you know, that, hey. Don't you remember all the other things that happened? And, and the devil is the lie, you know, he always puts these negative things mm-hmm. in your mind to tell you, oh, the Lord isn't with you. You know, this thing isn't going right or whatever. But just remember all these other things that he already did for you. So, this one thing, don't let that discourage you. Yeah. So I really okay. like that. But she's with me mm-hmm. all day
1: long and everything. So, I like that. You have your spouse Your
0: spouse, okay. Good, so it's good to know that we have others uh, that we can count on a source of encouragement to us, right? Okay, let's look at the activity here we have here. Choose one of the following scenarios and record how you would offer encouragement to the person described. Be specific in the approach you would take and the words you would say. First one is your friend has been out of work for several months recently missed out on another job opportunity. Okay, and so the question is how would you encourage a person in that particular situation? Mm-hmm. And then the second one is your brother's last child just moved out of the house mm-hmm. and he's trying to adjust to living as an empty nester.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and the third one is a young couple that recently moved into your community have started attending your church and your Bible study group. Okay, Anyone, you could any one of those, uh, anyone chose any one of those three that you would like to share your response or how you would, would encourage a person in any of those three scenarios?
4: Um. For me, number one is what I said before about the fact that, you know, the Lord just got to stick with it kind of thing, mm-hmm. although you might be low on cash and all that kind of thing, but he's, you know, he's taken you out about the situation before one. Mm-hmm you know, brought you where you are, okay. so just, you know, stay on him and just stay in the Word.
1: All
2: like right. Sister
4: Brenda always says, you know, that stay in the Word, because, you know, the devil is right there to try to make you feel that, okay, ain't nothing can happen to you, but, you know, all of a sudden, you would get back on track.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I was in charge with Darren, you know, my cousin Darren plays to go, because I invited him, and he waiting the church to judge him, because he was in the cabin. You would pick college, a Just looking at the window. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Darren's come a long way. Yeah. 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 Good.
4: I,
6: I would um, encourage that my friend to remember that God knows their needs and He knows their skills and who they are and he's got the perfect job and there's his timing is perfect he hasn't forgotten about them Mm. he loves them and just as he's provided for them and and before he will continue to do that and maybe in different ways than Mm. they've been used to and they're also you know i think that personally myself that would think of how i could give something tangibly, whether it's bring them a meal or mm. whatever, to help them see that they're thought
3: of, they're remembered and grateful. Amen. Okay. Number three, for me, number three. Mm-hmm. A young couple that recently moved into your community are starting to tell you change and more practicing. <laughs> I would just continue to be faithful and when they they would be going to get to we like the word. So when they see me again, they would want to follow me. So I would be in every time.
0: Okay, so you'd be an example to them. Yes.
3: I mean, okay.
6: And every time I saw them, I'd say, "Oh, I'm so glad to see you." Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you know, and and to know them. Yes. Yeah. Them about themselves and share about myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
6: you have, you're building a relationship. Building
3: a
0: relationship and rapport, yeah. Okay, you want to make them glad that they chose your church Mm -hmm. and they didn't regret it. Okay, question. Why is encouraging others a necessary part of following Jesus?
4: I think because you don't always have times when, you know, you feel a little down or whatever, so you need somebody else to make you feel that it isn't always going to be like
3: that. Okay. <coughs> okay.
0: Building up. Okay, let's look at the, the other paragraph, the final paragraph, uh, verses 25 to 26.
2: <laughs> Then
4: he went to Tarsus to search the soul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch.
0: Okay, question number four. When have you been challenged to leave your comfort zone as a disciple of Jesus? When have you been challenged? Now, we all have comfort zones, right? You have your little space that you don't want to get out of for fear or whatever it is, whatever reason, okay? When have you been challenged to leave your comfort zone as a disciple of Jesus? Think of a particular occasion or an incident. Anybody?
1: Um, As we said,
0: In other words, you did something that you would not necessarily do in terms of being a a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ, in terms of sharing your faith or giving a word or something to somebody.
6: Well, we we would go once a month to the juvenile detention center in Dallas
3: Mm -hmm.
6: and I never found it easy. I always felt uneasy because I was totally with young people who had opposite family life than I knew, mm-hmm. opposite experiences than I knew. And what I had offered them was hope in Jesus. And it was only Jesus that they needed to hear about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I it would always be a little, you know, I, I was always asking the Lord to help me. I hardly knew where to start when I was talking with
1: them one on one. Mm. Yeah, that's tough.
0: (laughs) Okay, anybody else? You were Um, challenged.
1: I was, I retired from working and I put a list of what I wanted to do after I retired. Mm -hmm. One of mine was getting closer into the work and churches, and I'm trying to make this short. Sister Reach was in charge of the ladies' Bible class, Mm -hmm. and I had just joined uh, like a month. She had physical problems, and and everybody knows Mm -hmm. Um, this. Anyway, she said to me, Nancy, I want you to take over the ladies' Bible class. Mm I should have only just started here. (laughs) So she says, i I've noticed you, and I, I want you to do it, and then she I don't know, she said, well, pray about it, and of course I did, and I spoke to Pastor Lee, and he said, just keep praying, and I started, and I enjoyed it, and not many years have I did it, it really cool. That and, sounds um, like the same, from, uh, uh-huh.
0: that sounds like the same story I had.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I came, when Jen and I came, my family came to Calvary. I think it was in the first year we were at Calvary and we were in, the, in, in this particular class, the Sunday School class. It used to be called the Sanctuary class because we met in the Sanctuary. We didn't have any space. It was a Sanctuary and um, Beckles was the teacher of the class. Yes. Uh, Bernie and, and uh, what's Tony, Beckles. Tony Beckles, Beckles was a, was a Sunday School teacher and um, like I said, we'd only been there a few months and they were relocating to Virginia and he asked me to take over the class, I, I just came to the class, I just came all right, I just came to the class, and so he approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to take over the class, and uh, we prayed about it, and I felt that, that was something that God wanted us to do, we wanted really to, to, to be at Calvary for about a year, and when he approached me, a year had just just passed, I didn't realize, he said, we're going to go to Calvary, and we're going we're gonna to lay back for a year, and fellowship before we get involved in anything. And when he approached me, I just realized that a year just passed. But I was thinking, but we just got here, you know? Uh, so it's a, it's a, it was quite an interesting story. And uh, and you mentioned Sister Leesh. This room used to be uh, the storage room where Sister Leesh kept all of her paintings. Remember, mm-hmm. she painted a lot. Yeah. And this room was a storage room, and it was all wow. ransacked, and, and Pastor Leesh said, you know what? Uh, we need to get you out of the class. And then they moved us to the mezzanine. Remember we were right. under the mezzanine? Right. And we had to set up chairs every week for class and come back and we did this array. Uh, and, uh, and so Pastor Lee got them to, to, to clear this room up and they built that room on the end of the building. So a little new extension and they put all the stuff, just these paintings and everything, and this became our home class. All right, so that's quite an interesting story. When you mention Sister Wies, Uh that, that brought that to mind. Okay, let's go back to the passage and look at the the, the look at the, the passage beneath the uh, the verses there. Someone, let's read that, please. It's pretty long. No, the church is growing. The the church in Antioch. We're on page. Yeah. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, because Dave got it. <laughs> Twenty-four. 24 says, While well, was a prisoner and for the Lord is through consider the number for a God it says, Chronicles need who he wanted, Saul, who we knew as the apostle Paul. <coughs> Barnabas was already familiar with Saul, having befriended and supported him from after his experience on the road to Damascus. It's likely that Paul spent about 10 years preaching in Syria and Syria, the area of his hometown, Syria, Go on, we'll pass we'll, we'll over that because of time. Yeah. Snow no was going to us to search for Saul. One of the best ways to encourage people to serve and minister is to let them work around the us. Jesus did this with his twelve apostles. Saul, later upon Paul, would we'll do it with others like Silas, Timothy, and, the, and that's exactly what Barnabas did as well. Saul so was not a modest ministry. Mm-hmm. He had been preaching and teaching, but now Barnabas brought him and he helped him with the church. Together, they met with the church and taught large numbers. Saul so really had a ministry. Missionary zeal. and Barnabas was always looking for opportunities to encourage others to come to Christ. The church at Antioch had also been blessed with several other learned prophets and teachers under their relative leadership. It's no surprise this church was the first to be Holy Spirit or to send with the missionary And the team was none other than Barnabas forth. Notice about Barnabas' encouragement of Saul. Barnabas has been the one who sought Saul, <clears throat> also called Paul. They served together in the beginning, as Barnabas and Saul, and their ministry progressed. However, Paul took the move, the more permanent Over time, they became Paul and Barnabas. Congress was quite willing to step back and allow forward to take the lead. How can we encourage others to step up and sit? as we follow the example of Congress? Can we, one, let the person watch? When you are teaching on mentoring, start by modeling what to do, for example, let the person observe you share your faith. Two, serve together. Let the person participate and lead right alongside Three, um, okay. let the person do the task of ministry on this moment. You are <coughs> mentored, trained, and guided. Now let this person run with you. you always with encouragement and praise. Encouraging people brings great promises everywhere, wherever we do, on both inside and outside the church, make the choice to encourage others in their relationship with Christ and in their fellowship with one another.
0: Okay, so we see three, three, things, three things that we do. We let the person watch. We serve together, and we keep our hands off. What? Notice question number five. What are some advantages in doing God's work together? What are some of the advantages? Okay, one person don't do don't have to do everything. Exactly. Encourage each other. Support each other cry together when there's the time to cry when the Bible says weep together laugh together we do all those things together so you have someone to do it with you don't have to do it alone okay anybody ever wept with somebody in ministry together you know you go through a challenge and uh, you get to that point where you weep together okay let's see how we can live this out we're surrounded with by people who need encouragement What will you do to encourage others to grow in Christ and serve him? First point is a note of thanks. Identify one person who has encouraged you. Write a note to him or her and express your gratitude uh, for that help and encouragement. And that could be done at any time. Just think of a person and do it. A word of encouragement. Take time this week to encourage someone in their walk with Christ. Make a call, write a note, or come alongside alongside someone you know needs a word of support. And thirdly, a relationship of encouragement. Develop an ongoing relationship with someone that includes regular meetings. Mentor this person in a particular area of life and encourage his or her growth in Christ. Are you ready to see encouragement and support go viral in your church, your community? If so, you can be the catalyst by choosing to encourage those around you to grow in Christ and grow together as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go on and do it, right? Amen. Time is gone. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for... This very essential aspect of ministry, encouraging one another as followers of Jesus Christ. We don't, only eternity would reveal how much encouragement has impacted the lives of, of many uh, when we uh, get to heaven and we see and we hear the stories. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be sources source of encouragement as we go forth during the course of this week and beyond. Bless us with your benediction as we go into the service for the day, and we pray for all those who will be serving in one capacity or another. Get glory for yourself, we pray, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.